Hey, Brian, do you have any ideas for a cold open for this review? Yeah, I actually got a couple. Uh, I just can't access that part of my memory right now. Oh, because of what happened with Gemma, right? Is that is that the best we've got for this? Yippee-ki-yay. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. This is our review of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 11, titled A Brand New Day. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Joining me, as always, is the mad scientist Brian Banner to review this episode as we do all of our TV episodes on the four Bro Four Squad criteria the acting, the story, our favorite scene. And any theories and questions going forward? So, Brian Banner, three episodes left, counting this one that we just watched of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What did you think of the acting and cast? Um, pretty solid. I will say the actress that plays Cora. Diane Stone, I'd written her name down too. Yeah, I don't know if she was just getting out-acted and she's actually a good actor, or she just wasn't doing good i felt like this is a weaker performance on her part um and she had a lot to do which maybe she got a little overexposed uh i'm not saying i didn't like it i'm not saying that it was terrible i just was expecting more out of her in that spot this was her chance to shine and i don't think she shone as bright as she could have this was like her episode yeah sink or swim with her i agree for the most part um, the one scene I do think she stepped up in was the scene where she sees Jai Ying, yeah. like Jai Ying laying there on the table. That was pretty good. Although the fight scene afterwards with May was like kind of oddly corny. It I was almost- super corny. And like, I, okay, we're just going to go off on a tangent right now. When did May have like super strength? Cause she kicked her in the gut and she flew like 10 feet. Yeah. Come on. That That's when did this happen? When those like empty water jugs fell on top of her, I just imagined this two interns off screen or off camera that had to like throw those on top of her as she was <laughs> on the ground. I would love to have that <laughs> I don't job. Know, I would love that job too. You can just literally pay me in lunch and I would go and do it. But yeah, we had a lot of her this episode, which she's been around. She's been like her character's been important for like the last three or four weeks. But this was the first time that they really had an episode where she was probably in 30 to 40 percent of the scenes with like substantial dialogue for sure one person i i wanted to briefly mention and this is a double-edged sword because i'm very very glad they were in the show again but i'm also still very upset that they haven't been in it more to this point we got ian decastiker as fits physically there i'm still unsure how much of it was like actual flashback footage versus new stuff but I do know that I'm glad to see him, and I'm just mad that I haven't seen him up until this point. Yeah, I've got – once we get into the story, uh, I've got a little bit more to say on that. I thought he did great. It was the the DeCastiker that we like, that we love, that we want. There just wasn't enough of it, and I don't feel like they really wrote it in a way where 
they tease it where we're going to get a lot more. It almost felt like they what they did with Fitz. They were like, all right, are you guys good? And no, I'm not good. Yeah, the That's, answer is no. I mean, again, with the cast with this, I thought uh, Chloe Bennett was really good. I'll get into that yeah. a little bit. Her stuff with Sousa and Inver Joe Kedge. And I always love Henry Simmons as Mac. I thought he had some great stuff with Joe Cadge uh, as well. I thought that uh, Chloe Bennett and Simmons together in that scene was great. 100%. You know, you really got a really, really strong vibe of that brother-sister uh, relationship that they have seemed to really developed over the last half season, really since Colson quote-unquote died. I also thought Clark Gregg, just kind of the way he was running the lighthouse as Colson, um, and he kept telling May, like, you don't have to keep reading what Sybil's saying. I can I can read it. <laughs> I also liked when the yo-yo was like, so are you like a computer genius now? And he goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for this, this episode I am. So it was just, to me, like a solid, good ensemble performance heading into these final three. I agree. All right. Story and plot. According to the TV time app, the synopsis says, Sybil and Nathaniel continue their fight to shape a dark new future for S.H.I.E.L.D., managing to stay one step ahead of the agents along the way. If the team is going to turn this one around, they'll have to get creative and maybe even a little out of this world. I see what you did there, Uh... TV time app. So I just wrote down, um, obviously we have the Sybil with the time stream again. That's kind of been the big plot device the past few episodes. Um, But we have the lighthouse part of the story and then sort of Daisy and Sousa trying to um, sneak up on Malik and the Zephyr, basically going against what conventional wisdom would say they would, their characters would do to try and be unpredictable for Sybil in the time stream. So what'd you think of the story here? I liked it. I feel like we got a lot really fast thrown at us, but it didn't feel convoluted and confusing. We got Daisy just kind of, I don't even know what the right word is, toying with, or, or I don't even know what the right word is, but her conflict with Cora and Cora basically knowing, look, I should be dead and you shouldn't have a sister, but you do because the world you came back from is fucked. So, um, hey, let's team up. Yeah, and like D- Daisy obviously not trusting a word out of Cora's mouth, which I kind of don't blame her for because yeah, of the I don't things blame she's, her either. she's seen her do. Also, she's like, you might be my sister, but I don't know you. Right. So like you in that sense. I didn't go and do alien drugs on Kitson with you like I did Gemma. So, correct. Yeah, that, that bonds you like blood. Stronger than blood, I would say. Stronger than blood. That's I mean, thing. that's like puffy candy's strong bond. A few notes that I wrote down. This one doesn't really have to do with the story, but it has to be said, man. The CGI of the Quinjet and the Zephyr is so good. It's so incredible. That one where the the Zephyr, they they stayed on it for like four or five seconds. It's just like floating in space. Yeah. It was just incredible. Now, my fiance is obsessed with Grey's Anatomy, and it's pretty much on our TV like 24-7. And there are some parts in that show where they use CGI like to create a background or like an airplane, like a medevac lands and it looks like shit and that's a high quality television show so to point out that the cgi in this is awesome is saying like oftentimes on television it it does not look good and never once especially this season have i felt like this was not big budget movie quality special effects 
I feel like we haven't really gotten bad special effects in three or four seasons, really, yeah. from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, they, I think they hit a jackpot with all of their actors, and they were able to go, okay, we've got these guys, we can throw some money, and we have some extra capital to make this CGI great. And obviously the writing is, for the most part, pretty good as well. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Nathaniel Malik trying to get into Gemma's brain and find fits. Yeah, it's when he captured G- uh, Jim at the end of last episode, I think we all assumed that was where he was going. I'm still a little confused about his motivation to stop Fitz. Does he think that's the only way they can beat the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because to me, playing it out, you have Sybil. Why do you need Fitz? Unless Sybil is specifically telling him that's the only way we can stop them. Yeah, I think he was saying that every time that we failed in Sybil's, you know, uh, fortune telling is because of Fitz. So if we eliminate Fitz, there's no scenario that we can fail. I think I think that's his motivation. Now, granted, I don't understand why you can't just go to one of the ones that you did succeed in and follow that path. But maybe as long as Fitz is alive, they don't. Yeah, we'll have to get to that in a, just a second. Um, how did you feel about one of one of the things that I liked about this story was sort of the Coulson and Sybil cat and mouse in the lighthouse. What did you think of that portion of the story? I actually liked it. I wanted a little bit more. I wanted I wanted a little bit more of Coulson reading the code and even kind of fighting back in computer code, you know, uh, zeros and ones language. Colson like discovering his new abilities as the season's gone on as an LMD has been a really fun plot device. I think I almost feel like it was one season too late because I feel like if he came back last season and learned all this last season, he could have just been this super dude in this season, which yeah. would have been awesome. Especially because I wasn't a huge fan of Sarge. I hated Sarge. This... I just hated that whole season, man. I, I would not have watched this season if we didn't review the show. I'll be honest with you. I did not like that season that wow. much. That's unexpected to hear. But I still think that it would have been a nice way to corporate Colson. Again, Sarge wasn't like unwatchable for me. It was a cool wrinkle kind of until we figured out what the actual like revelation was. But I much prefer this version of Colson is really all I was trying to say. Oh, yeah. I, again, I have been saying that all season. I love it. All right. Anything else I really have to say about story is actually more of a theory or question. So I'm going to save it for the end. But did you want to add anything before we move on to best scene? No, uh, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I have a lot of questions and a lot of theories that go along. This was a this was a lot of I've got a lot of questions coming out of this episode because we learned a lot. Yes. All right. Best scene. I have two, but they're both kind of the same scene. They both take place on the Quinjet in outer space. Okay. My first one is Mac and Daisy basically talking about the end of the ride for the team. And I think the reason I like that scene is that actually just felt like Henry Simmons and Chloe Bennett talking about their journey on this show. I um, and how more. all good things come to an end. You know, like that's kind of what makes them great is that they don't last forever. And you can sort of look back on them memorably. And that just felt so real and authentic to me. And it, I almost felt like it was the writers talking to us as fans. Oh, for sure it was. I, uh, the one thing that this show has done really well this season is I don't know the last 
best scene that either one of us has had that's been an action scene or something like that. It has all been extreme dialogue driven and emotion driven. And that's, that's tough to do when you're seven seasons in and we know the end is coming. Very good point. Another just sort of honorable mention, which piggybacked directly off that scene, Max, uh, like pep talk to Sousa about dating Daisy yeah. on the Zephyr was, I thought great when they started making fun of her name being quake. And it just they, felt like how friends really talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. Um, because at first it was like a, a big brother going to a new boyfriend, like, hey, you hurt her, I'll hurt you kind of situation. Right. But then once they started talking about Quake, you're like, all right, these guys are bros. They're just shooting the shit over a beer or the end of the world, whatever, uh, like you and me would. And that was really cool. And then him, God, could you not feel the chemistry between Sousa and Daisy Whenever he was like, what quake, isn't that what you like to be called? Quake, quake. And it was just like poking the bear. <laughs> My God, she just wanted to rip his fucking clothes off right there. I think, uh, yeah, and we'll get into this in theories and questions, but I think that writers, I don't know if it happened on set or if it was something that they had always planned and it just happened to work out, but stumbling upon the Sousa and Daisy combination and having it work so well is kind of lightning in a bottle. Like something I don't think anyone could have predicted before this season, but it just, it works really well. They're really fun to watch on screen and they're so polar opposite. And they're not even playing the, uh, like fish out of water card with Sousa. It's just his actual character, which is so great. They're not trying to do any smoke and mirrors. It's just their actual personalities as characters that happen to mesh so well. I would agree. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, so my best scene is actually when Nathaniel Malik is connected to Simmons in the, brain hijacking thing and you have we don't exactly know what is going on yet but you have simmons crying in fitz's arms and fitz saying but you won't remember any of it so it'll be fine and nathaniel malik there going no where are you show me yelling there was a lot going on between the three of them and all of them were at the top of their game Especially with no background. I mean, it's just a completely white room at that point where we literally have the, the actors acting and nothing else to distract us. It looked like, and again, maybe it was, and I, I'm just confused, but it looked like that room where the Chronicoms put them last season to like make them work on how to fix or how to solve the issue with their planet being destroyed. But also, I don't think that would make sense with the context of the scene. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where they were or I didn't understand that. I would agree. It does look very similar to that, but fitting that in, I don't know how to fit that in. That could have just been like her memory. Is it, it's maybe part of the implant blocks showing where they were. Maybe. You know? Cause that's that a good point. Yeah. Fixed. Yeah. I'd buy that. Anything else before we move on to theories and questions? No, I think, uh, I think that was, that was it. My other best scenes were, were the ones with, uh, um, Mac and Daisy and then Mac and Sousa as well. So just great, great writing in these last few episodes. When Mac popped onto the Quinjet, I was like, so pumped. I was like, fuck yeah. I was hoping like he would go with them. The only thing I was a little bit disappointed about was, uh, he had the goddamn shotgun ax on his back. Of course. You never leave home without it, bro. If God. you were going to outer space to fight Chronicoms, you're going to leave that in the garage? No. Yeah, what is a shotgun axe going to do in space? Anything you want it to do in space. 
All right, theories and questions. Again, this was, was really obvious. Um, not anything to really brag about, but I'm. we had talked about Daisy and Sousa getting together. I was trying to ship them. You didn't think it would happen. I'm glad that they are together. I... I don't know when to admit that I'm wrong, but I do know I was wrong here. I liked it. It's working. It's working very well. I didn't want it. I was against it, but they know more than me. They were right. I don't think you were against it. You just didn't think it would happen. Yeah, it's just it's weird to have that happen in the second half of the last season of the sh- of, a, of a series. Right. It's just a weird time to start a romantic relationship. They do but, have great chemistry, though. They do, and that's what's making it work. Like, I feel like what normally is going to take a season to two seasons to build up, they were able to do in three episodes. Then fine, give me another season of just them. Shit. Yeah, I'll do a Disney Plus of them. That's the thing about this is I just – I want Disney Plus to just pick up these little, like, mini series of these certain people. Yeah, and I can put a long list together. Yeah. Um, I don't have much. I have three other things, but I want to let you you get a run here. What do you so have? one thing I want to say, uh, I just like bragging when I'm right. Jaying is, in fact, dead. You're right, yeah. I called well, that I, one. I had Cora's mindset when she takes the like sheet off her face. No, she can heal. And at that point, you're like, oh, honey, sweetie. Yeah. She is cold and lifeless on the stage. Uh, I did like how she tried to revive her, like putting her, whatever the fuck her power is. I don't, I don't know what that is. I thought I knew her powers, and then every episode I'm like, okay, I didn't know she could fucking do that. Yeah, I thought it was like like Havoc, where he just shoots this like laser beam thing. It just happens to be out of her hands, because she can melt fucking feet of metal and concrete, but then she can also shoot it out of her eyes at one point. Dude, when she... Well, yeah, when she took the power out, I was like, okay, so are you like Lincoln? Yeah. And then when, when she shot the hole through the guy's chest, I was like, th- that just looks like Iron Man's like chest propulsor. I'm not complaining. I'm just no, saying I'm not I either. Really... I'm just very confused about what it is. Right. <laughs> Which it's fine if she has like a varying degree. It makes sense though she is that powerful because obviously Jai Ying and Lee were scared shitless of her. Yeah. So sorry I cut you off there. No, you're good. I just uh, I don't know what she what she does, but uh, I call Jaying dying. Uh, I th- still think at the end of the day, I think Cora is going to make a sacrifice play to save Daisy and subsequently the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a whole, bringing them back or fixing the time time loop or whatever it is. I, gotta say, I think I mean- there is still some good in... Cora, although she was making out hard with Malik there at the end, and I did not know that they were like trying to bone each other. I, I, I didn't, didn't either, but it makes sense now. I guess I just thought she viewed him as like father like the figure. Messiah. They're, they're too close in age, something like that. But yeah, more so someone that was like gonna put her in a position where she was valued and and in a like a less toxic situation. But now that the romantic aspect is involved, I don't even know. Her, she is like so twisted and conflicted inside. He's kind of out of her league too, right? I like, don't, don't get me wrong; she's really pretty, but like, look at him. He's he got to get. He wants. He's got to figure out that goatee situation, but there's potential. He's got a low floor, high ceiling. I'll put it that way. Okay. The fingerless right. gloves is not maximizing what we're what we got here. So 
I like his look, okay? Even with the goatee and the fingerless gloves and the trench coat, all of it, I like it. Sometimes it works. Um, all right, I have a question. Can I jump in with one? Yeah, yeah. Let's so the, the flashbacks of Fitz and Simmons, I know that they're different ones. Like, they showed a couple different ones. But I'm very confused about the passage of time and how long ago they were. Because any time that a show goes that far out of their way to change a character's aesthetic, like Gemma's hair, for example. Very they, different they, multiple times. Right. So that's them like trying to definitely make a point like, okay, this is definitely not like recent to the current timeline. There was significant time between each flashback and where they're at now. So between that and then the scene, which again, we, we speculated that maybe it was her memory implant blocking out like the surroundings but that scene where it looked like when they were with the chronicoms which would have been last season uh and i I think this is the point but i just need the context of when all this took place and maybe we're supposed to view it from malik's perspective where he doesn't know this and it's driving him crazy in which case it's effective yeah hit the nail on the head right there yeah so i don't know if that's what they're going for or because again as we say to trend all the time I'm embarrassed at how much I forget about this show, having watched every episode every week. Oh, yeah. So so if it's something where they're supposed to show the scene and I'm supposed to remember when it's from, like, I'll put it on myself, but I'm just dropping the ball. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I I don't know. Uh, Do you think maybe they actually were there and that was a flashback from when they were at the, like, captured by the Chromacons previous to them escaping? That is what I was thinking, but it was, I don't know if that works. I don't know if that works. Yeah, and at that point, then Fitz would have had to see something in the future to be planning this far ahead. Because yeah. at that point, they were just trying to like escape and survive. So if he's planning for like all the time jumps and everything, then he must have had some ability to see like way beyond what we thought he could. That's probably his superpower because everybody's getting superpowers now. I guess I want one. I'd love one. All right, what else do you have? So, are they going to blow up in the in the lighthouse? Because obviously the Chromacons show up at the end, and they're just murking. Yeah. Absolutely murking shield bases. So, you We're, have to assume the lighthouse is on that list, right? Yes. Remind me again, if you can remember, what Sybil specifically wanted from the lighthouse base. Like, why they sent Korra there. I can't because I I think whatever that is, there was some information they had or the location. It was something about the communications. Whatever they had there, though, I think is also what's going to keep them alive. I I could see that. Keep keep them from being blown up. Um, At least temporarily. But if they get if they get wind that obviously like they were just wiping off targets, which we'll get to in like a minute because I have a question theory about that. But. Yeah, they, w- they would presumably be, like, next on the list to be checked off. I, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know what she was wanting from the lighthouse, but I feel like if I were in the lighthouse and saw these other bases just getting completely obliterated off the face of the earth, um, I'd probably, probably bounce. Yeah, I'd grab my sleepover bag and we'd be yeah. heading on out. Um, so, obviously, the Chronicom's all showing up at the end and their sort of military forces. Um, I have a theory, and I don't really think this is that far-fetched based on what we know about 
her as a character, but Sybil and the Chronicoms are setting up a betrayal of Malik. Oh, of course. Like, 100%. there's no way that, that this relationship ends with one of them not betraying the other. The one thing that the Chronicoms have been very consistent on is the only thing they want is their own planet to repopulate on their own planet. And they'll do whatever they have to do to make that happen. Which is what I don't get. Like, why do they think that Malik would help them get that? Like, Maybe why they help? just see how deranged he is and he he's trying to get the leg up and, you know, do his thing. So they see it as a symbiotic relationship until one of them cuts the other one out. And obviously the Chromacons have superior technology. It's kind of like on Big Brother Survivor. Like, you work with somebody until it's time to take the other one out. Yep. As long as it's mutually beneficial. Yep. I would sense. agree. All right, I only had one more thing. So anything else you want to talk uh, about? Lay it on me. So the question I have, this is kind of what Daisy asks on the ship. Obviously, they've established we are in a different timeline now. They blow up the Triskelion, other S.H.I.E.L.D. bases. Do you think that this show has designs to... Because it could be a cool way to do it, to get back to the OG timeline... Or did they want to use this entire time travel device this season to basically just be like, this way we can do whatever the fuck we want? I, the, I, think it work. I think it's fine. I'm not mad either way. I think deep down I want them to get back to the original timeline, but I'm okay if they don't. And the further we get in and the closer we get to this end, the end of this series, the more I'm thinking they're not going to end up in their own timeline anymore. Yeah, Coulson talking about how Grant Ward could have been, for lack of a better term, saved from his his evil path, mm -hmm. has me thinking that we will end up in not even this current timeline, but maybe a revisionist timeline where like Daisy knows Daisy has both of her parents alive, Grant Ward is a good guy, Bobby and Hunter don't have to leave, like. And I keep trying to force them into every single one of my You really movies. have. You've mentioned them like six episodes in a row. It's fine, though. And I'm still holding out hope, uh, although at this point I think it, the chances drop from like 15 to like two, that Fitz is going to show up with like a team of their greatest allies throughout the course of the show, just because I think that'd be so awesome. That I still, anything that happens is going to let me down because I want that to happen so bad now. <laughs> like I've been trying to not think about that, but... Fuck, that'd be cool. I know, I'm trying to will it into existence. Um, but yeah, they them actually mentioning concretely that they're not in that timeline anymore. Now, it you know, we're not speculating anymore. It's it's out in the open. So yeah. um, I would put it at 50-50 that they end up back in that timeline. But I think after one, the next episode, because we only have two left, I think after next episode we'll have a very much, a much more concise guess yeah i think if i think after the next episode we will know whether they're gonna it's gonna end up back in their timeline or not agreed all right that's all i had what do you have uh yeah i think that's all i i've got as well i still want them to end up poetically connecting it back to the movies i just find it very very difficult for them to do that with the path that they have gone down. But again, the fact that they have the ability to time travel leaves nothing off the table. I mean, every pretty much every theory that we've had this season that hasn't been disproven can still happen. Yeah. I know it's a small thing and I keep coming back to it, 
But I think because it's a small thing makes me think it is significant. Them fixing Suze's leg, I, I feel like is a precursor to him ending up as that police officer from the Avengers. I know. It's either that or they're just like, look, we can't have this guy limping around for 12 fucking episodes. I, I thought about that too, but also he's like sitting in a chair. Ha- they haven't done anything with his leg. Like he hasn't had to he, do anything athletic. Yeah, he hasn't had any action scenes. So I, the only thing I could think of is if all of a sudden he can like pull like an AR-15 out of his prosthetic leg and just start like laser like, shooting. What was that Robert Rodriguez movie? Which yeah. Show? Machete, Machete? yeah. The chick has like the shotgun peg leg. That would be pretty sick. It's better than a shotgun axe. It's not. It's close, but it's not. All right, Brian. Anything you want to leave the people with for season seven, episode eleven of Agents of Shield? This is the first episode that I felt. I I really felt the end of the show. I I've known it's coming. We've known it's coming for a season and a half now, but this is the first time that I'm like, this, this is going to end. Like, this is it. There's no, they're not going to get out of this miraculously. Yeah. Someone's going to die. People are going to die. I, I think that that would be a great injustice to a bunch of these characters. At least some of them didn't die, but this is the end, man. And again, that Daisy and Mac conversation in the Zephyr, that felt like they were talking to us in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, for the mad scientist, Brian Banner, I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro4 Squad podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Trend Primp, we appreciate you listening and commenting as always. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts if you type in bro force squad as three separate words our stuff will pop up on all three of those places follow us on twitter at bro squad and check out everything that we post on our website broforsquad.com till next time brian and i have to teleport into outer space you think john garrett was pretty good this episode he was he had like four lines of dialogue that's all he needed he pulled off that teleport